In the podcast today, I'd like to explore the different viewpoint that our Catholic faith gives to us and in a sense demands of us. So let's start with something that has, for the whole history of the Church, been said, and it's probably much needed, even more needed in our time. And that is that the Catholic faith, Catholicism, is a religion of faith and reason. And it has a rich centuries-long tradition of deep thought about God and about mankind, about us. But the Catholic faith is also a religion of mysteries, not superstitious mumbo-jumbo, as some critics believe, but mysteries in the sense that human reason has limits obvious to reason itself. We don't know, and we cannot know via ordinary human reasoning, where the world and we ourselves come from or where we are going. For guidance in living with those and other mysteries, reason at its best recognises that we need revelation, a revelation from the one who does know. So we say we have a reasonable faith in what God has delivered to us most clearly and most fully in Christ. Therefore, even the understanding of ourselves, that is who we are, is governed by our human reasoning and the revelation we have received from God who created our human nature and who did not resile from taking that human nature for himself. So we can ask the question, and inspired by today's readings, what is femininity? What does it mean for a woman to fear the Lord? It means she puts God first in her life and does everything else in light of that decision. She does good and not evil. She works diligently with loving hands. Her work produces good things. Through her work, she can help her neighbour in need. This is the inner beauty and charm for which such a woman deserves reward and praise. What is masculinity? What does it mean for a man to fear the Lord? It means he puts God first in his life and does everything else in light of that decision. He works diligently and not in vain. The good that he does blesses others, beginning with his family. His decision to fear the Lord results in blessings for him and those in his care. For women and men who fear the Lord and walk in his ways, God has provided a share in his own blessed life. Through holy baptism, God makes them his adopted children and heirs of his blessed life. In an unsettled time like ours, a time when great confusions are rife, even within the church, it's more urgent than usual to maintain the truths given us in our Catholic faith. Skeptics, naysayers, those infected by worldly thinking, would have us believe that the Catholic faith has passed its use-by date and needs to be updated or changed. 
What Christ has given to his church belongs to him, and we do not have an authority or power to alter it. Our faith also tells us that our lives are not our own. This may be a jarring reality when measured against the standards of the world, but any difficulty in accepting it makes it no less real. Everything that we have has been given to us. In other words, everything we have, including our very lives, is a gift. This is the logic that the Lord invites us into in the parable of the talents. It is the wisdom that God desires to share good things with us and what our response to his gifts must be. The fact of our dependence on God does not or does run contrary to many of the cultural narratives of our day, doesn't it? We are told that we should be independent, that we should live our truth, that we are masters of our own destiny. Without diminishing the importance of free will, the evidence that much of our lives lies outside of our control becomes at a certain point insurmountable. In the first place, I did not give myself life. I did not choose the family or the circumstances that I was born into. I did not predetermine my various personality traits or natural abilities. What then are we to do with what has been given? Well, in the parable of the talents, we see that the three servants are given different amounts, to each according to his ability. Perhaps we may object to the fairness of the master in doing this, but the rest of the parable makes sense of his logic. The two servants who received more didn't cling to the talents possessively, but put them into play in order to offer even more in return. The servant who received less, on the other hand, buried what was given to him as if he had received nothing at all. It could be said that the two servants who received more were generous in receiving what had been given to them. This generous receptivity lies at the heart of what it means to be a Christian. We are called to be open to receive all the Lord has given us, in order that it may bear fruit and multiply. In this way, nothing is lost, but everything becomes a gift. Everything is grace or a gift, as St. Therese of Lisieux said. So long as we neither bury it nor cling to it possessively. Our life has been given to us so that it may be shared. The fact that our lives are not our own, that there are factors outside of our control, is not a threat, but a gift. Like the servants who received the talents and put them into play, we are called to put our lives into service of our Master. All of the gifts that we have received, yes, even the challenging ones, so that our hearts may be open to receive even more. Only in entering into this logic of gift can we be given more 
and grow rich and experience the hundredfold, the beatitude of eternal life for which we were made. Laudato Jesus Christus.